everyone, and welcome to tonight's Gladiator Soundboard Podcast. My name is Jen McConaughey, and I am going to be your host for tonight's podcast. Um, just to give you a little information on, about me, I am a Gower parent to a kindergartner and a second grader. I am a school social worker, and I've been doing that for the past 20 years. Uh, and I've recently been on the Gower uh, Foundation Board, and I've been doing that for the past nine months. Um, I am really excited to be talking with um, Dr. Victor Simon, uh, the superintendent of Gower 62 this evening about a topic that is, is really sort of near and dear to my heart. And that is really the safety of Gower students, both physical and mental health safety. So without further ado, I would love to introduce uh, Dr. Victor Simon. Thank you. Yeah. And and, and thanks to the uh, foundation to, to put the podcast together and, and to be committed to get information like this out to, to our community. This is my 10th year here as the superintendent of Gower School District. Uh, love this place. And, it, and it's been a decade now of, of, of working in, in a school district. And the 16 years prior to that, I was in the Chicago Public Schools. I'm actually a high school teacher by training. So um, uh, a science teacher up front at Whitney Young High School way back in the uh, 1900s. And then uh, all that time spent in the Chicago Public Schools, pretty large system, different jobs, principal of a pre-K to eight school, uh, district leader for uh, different kinds of levels of responsibility across different parts of uh, the city. And then back in 2013-14, started out here in Gower School District as a superintendent and uh, you know, been at that job uh, and uh, ever since. So it's, it's, it's been great. Great. Thanks so much for, for sharing that about, about your past experience. Um, and I'm, and I'm sure you've brought a lot of that experience to Gower. And um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the really um, a, a big concern, I think, that we're seeing at a national level. And, um, and that is really one of uh, the school safety. Um, as an educational professional myself, but really more as a parent, the number one concern I have is, it, are my children going to be safe in school? Are they going to feel safe? Um, and, and let's be honest, really any sort of academics, any sort of extracurricular really is all secondary if, if the issue of safety is not addressed. Um, so I was hoping you could elaborate a little bit on how Gower really ensures safety within um, both buildings. And do you work with, how do you work with local law enforcement to, to keep our kids safe? Sure. Yeah. Tough, uh, but very important question. And, um, you know, so I'll, I'll answer in a couple of ways. I think it's a it's a really involved uh, question and just start right out of the gate with the fact that we have amazing, long lasting, uh, impactful, thoughtful partnerships with both of our police departments. So the police chief in the force in uh, Willowbrook and the police department over in Burr Ridge and the police chief there as well. Uh, these, these are folks that I, I talk to often regularly. They're part of our school safety uh, committee. We meet with them formally on an annual basis and as needed, of course, it, it, you know, as, as issues may come up and, and all that, but it's ongoing conversation and partnership that I value most with both of our police departments. We rely very heavily on both of our police departments. There's a lot of pride that they have in their police uh, force and their responsiveness. We measure these kinds of things. So when we call, uh, we see how long it takes. They've practiced in our buildings. They have full 24-7 access to our buildings, our campuses. 
uh, they have camera access to our buildings and in each of our campuses. So, so they have have their eyes uh, on our school, and they and they're here um, very quickly. And there's Alice training, and if if you're a school that's Alice trained or not, and somehow you get a different badge if you are or if you're not. I'll just let let folks know that Alice is a, is a is a plan and in a way of approaching this uh, school safety, and it stands for alert, lockdown, inform, counter, and evacuate. Alice, and those different processes are are you know practiced. We're not an Alice district, but what I will tell people, and and some people have an issue with that, but what I would say about it is it's because of the the, the privilege that we actually have in our school community, which is these great, highly responsive police forces. So we will follow the beginning of that acronym where it is an alert and a lockdown. By the time we're informing anybody what's happening, literally the uh, Calvary's here, literally the police department is here. And as much as it might not be a plan, uh, the approach that we have in our school community has been really about relationships first. And, and I think that matters. Uh, and, and I think that as we as we start to see more and more about some of these uh, circumstances and and learn more about particular profiles and whatnot, we, we can point to some things about maybe feeling uh, less than or not part of. And we make a point in our school community that those relationships are right from the beginning and and are not only strengthened and continue to grow, but but are maintained all the way through their experience here. So social workers like yourself, counselors, school psychologists, we have school nurses, like the, the, these are all supports around uh, the, the, the every individual student, along with our teachers and administrators. So again, we're very much forward leaning when it comes to how we approach this. It's a very personal issue for me. Um, actually, a, a survivor of gun violence myself is is, is a young man, uh, probably beyond the scope of this podcast, but you know, pretty violent incident and uh, nearly lost my life uh, at, at at that stage. Uh, but it makes me really fine tune how important safety is. Um, and I'm also a parent, you know, so yeah. so I know that the level of responsibility for a school administrator doesn't get any higher than. 100 out of 100. And that happens the moment you leave your children here at the school with us. So, you know, I take it seriously as, as a parent as well. So, you know, in order for students to perform to any level, uh, they have to feel safe. And, and, you know, we put a lot of time and energy into making sure that's the case. But you know, I can only tell you that in words. I could tell you what our plans are, tell you our approach. But really, it's just the way that we respond. Uh, we've had some instances occur over the years, and I think we've responded, you know, in timely fashion and well. And um, that's what I would say about our safety at both campuses. So long answer to say, yes, children are safe here at Gower. Thank you. I, I think that information is, is really very helpful. And um, you started to kind of um, create a nice segue into kind of, kind of our, the next topic. And that is really taking a look at some of the mental health issues that we've seen really um, increase after kind of reemerging from the pandemic and kids coming out of isolation, kids who hadn't been in school for, for a period of time, um, kids who um, experienced different trauma during the pandemic. What has Gower's response been to that? And, and how are you managing you know, maybe some of those those behaviors and 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 demands on staff and demands on students. Yeah, and it, you're right. I think that is a a great segue into the next question. And when we think about physical safety and talk about our campuses being safe, 
you know, that some of that comes with a price, right? It comes with the idea of, gosh, we have to do a lockdown drill. And, 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 you know, that could, that could be an experience that, that is, is, is a negative experience for some and, and, and all the rest. So we think about the, the mental health as well. So you mentioned in your introduction, kindergarten and second grade parent, right? So like you're, and then you use this phrase, which I love reemerging from the pandemic, right? Like it's, you know, this, you, you were right in the thick of it. It's like everybody, but those particular grade levels, kindergarten, second grade. I mean, so, so you're aware that we stayed open and we were open the entire time and all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, there's, that doesn't happen without the kind of relationships we have with our staff and the commitment that we had and it still have uh, with, with our staff that's exhibited day to day. So I think that part of this reemergence, you know, so to speak, is the benefits of being committed and, and, and open during that time and being there side by side, you know, shoulder to shoulder with our families and students um, from the beginning of it. So if there were losses, so to speak, and if there were traumas and all those kinds of things, you know, we, we were right there while it was happening. So I think there wasn't, upon reemergence, surprise of different kinds of challenges. We were watching this happen and play out in, in real time uh, while, while students were in class. And, you know, we weren't sure we'd be able to do that in a safe way. And I'm glad that, you know, that we did. So when we think about this reemergence, we know to answer directly what we've put into place during the pandemic, like extra social worker support. The school psychologists have been in our school for some time. The school nurses have been in our school for some time, but the extra social workers and counselor support that we built in during the pandemic, our board of education made a real clear commitment after the recommendation was made to put these in place to say, listen, we don't want to just do this now and and, and then watch it leave. This is something for the long haul. And um, so proud to say that those, those recommendations were not only accepted, but you know we've thrived because of it. And those social worker and counselor positions are, are still here. Uh, so we've expanded. And again, this idea of forward leaning. We do have a social and academic and emotional behavior screener. It's a risk screener. It's called Sabres. But this Sabres data is used annually, actually a couple times per year. But the idea here is it allows students to, to share information that social workers and counselors have information that if there is any kind of risk involved, that we could bring that support uh, to the family. And, and I think that's really critical. So some of these issues that get highlighted when we reach out to families and parents, uh, guardians and whatnot, when we reach out to those parents, they're saying the same thing. They're like, yeah, I, you know, I've noticed that as well. Where can we get some you know, additional support? And they've been very grateful that Gower's uh, ramped up the effort on that side. And it's not just on the mental health side uh, only. You know, I think about what our school nurses do, still testing now. I mean, yeah, we brought COVID testing to, to Gower and one of the first probably in the country to, to do it. And we were really aggressive about bringing it here. And it's, it's part of the plan to get us open. And, you know, we've preserved that. It doesn't get used as much as it used to. No, uh, definitely not. And I'm actually glad about that. You know, what else we have is, is strep testing and, and flu A and B testing. And even most recently is RSV testing. So it's just like when you're able to, to respond to challenges in a thoughtful way, you, you recognize that this could actually open up the door for us to get stronger overall, even when we're not in a crisis. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I think um, one of the aspects that I've really um, come to love about Gower and, and really appreciate is, is really the sense of uh, community um, within the school. 
I, I have to believe that some of some of that sense of community, some of that, um, uh, you know, all all the staff are are always working together to make um, not only the, the school uh, more beautiful and, and wonderful, but they're so invested in all of our our children, and um, I. I have to believe that that some of the um, part of the curriculum used from the capturing kids' hearts um, has has um, maybe played a, a part in in some of that. Also, I was wondering if you could speak to what that initiative is and yes. how that has kind of been been rolled out into the, the school systems. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a process. Right, you, we can Google, you know, capturing kids' hearts. Mm -hmm. uh, we call CKH. You could look this up. Uh, it comes from the Flippin Group uh, out of Texas, and it really comes from a school psych psychologist and social worker group and, and counselors that recognized all along. They recognized this all along. That, and I said this in the last podcast, that it's not about reading, writing, and arithmetic. What we do in education, that's there. Of course, it's there. So you're hearing the superintendent say, "Wait a second, <laughs> did you say education is not about reading, writing, and arithmetic?" Of course, that's part of it, but it's relationships, relationships, relationships between teacher, 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 administrator, principal, and whatnot, uh, student, teacher, student, student, parent, teacher. All these relationships really play out in ways that are critical. So capturing kids' hearts is a process that reminds schools, right? This is, this is not rocket science, so it's, it's actually a pretty easy answer. Uh, it's a process that, in my take, reminds schools of what's most critically important. The relationship, being intentional about the relationship and the culture of the school. So 2012, 2013, it's a long time ago. I was uh, in Chicago Public Schools interviewing for, for the role of superintendent in Gower. Uh, intimidating and thoughtful process, meeting all kinds of people, all kinds of committees, all kinds of parents, you know, board of education and so on. And part of the information that was provided was student data from surveys that were happening. I mean, imagine that, right? Like where they, they actually dared to ask students like how, what yes. they think. Feedback. Mm -hmm. Feedback, imagine. So, and they and they got that from, from parents too, which by the way, reminder, I don't, this will probably come out in a week or so. There'll still be plenty of time to take the five essentials parents. So please, if you haven't do so. Um, but anyhow, back to the CKH thing, you know, we, we know that it's about the relationship piece and it's about being intentional of school culture. So you can have all this other stuff going on, but if the students aren't feeling like, you know, we're there, kind of wind in their sails, so to speak, a champion, an advocate, helping, uh, what are we going to talk about reading, writing, and arithmetic, so to speak, from a traditional sense? So, so Capturing Kids Hearts reminds us of that. It's a process that teachers back in 12, 13, when I got the student data and it said things about our supportive environment through the student's eyes, the supportive environment of Gower School District could use some work. It wasn't anything outwardly negative. It just said, if there was an area for improvement, this was it. So as a new superintendent, that's, that's, that's really important information. So we vet that information, talk to staff, talk to the leaders as I'm coming in and recognize that this capturing kids' hearts process that was being considered, you know, it's out there in the background is like, maybe this could be a fit. Let's go forward and invest fully in, in trying to find out if it will work for us. Meaning let's bring training to our staff that reminds them 10 years back about being intentional of building a positive school culture for students first. Students are first, the rest comes. 
But if we can get that part right, wow, you know, what could what could the future hold? So being fully committed to putting all of the resources in that direction and really just holding and drawing, first drawing and then holding to a strong, bold line that says we will be champions for our students as educators. What does that look like? What does that feel like in a school system? And that's the commitment that was made. So that might sound kind of like fluff or theory. So what does it look like? It looks like asking students right from the beginning, how do they want to be treated? And how do they think we as teachers, as educators, want to be treated? Real stuff, right? Real human being type stuff. And then what will happen when we disagree? There will be disagreements. So what happens in a social space when people disagree? How will we treat each other then? Should be the same as the other two, right? So once we know that that's our, quote, social contract or the way that we've decided that this school will operate, it becomes woven in the fabric of everything that we do. Children first, children at their best, right? Like capturing kids' hearts. You can't get to their mind unless you have their heart. You know, I know this personally as a student. I know this. That's why I'm so motivated and inspired by it. But now 10 years later, capturing kids' hearts is just part of our identity. Again, it's a process that our teachers have been trained in and retrained in. And we have, you know, uh, we've been a model for this nationally. So this is just, we made a decision to go in a particular direction about building a positive school culture and have stuck to that. It's not easy to do. It, it's, it's almost sometimes not even believable to say, because first of all, you have to have an administrative team and teachers consistent over time. So I've been here for 10 years, a 10 year superintendent. They're, they're pretty rare, you know, in one district anyway. So all that said, this becomes a way of being. It's our identity. So it is kind of like everywhere at the same time. It's the way we are. Uh, we talk about it as culture. So, yeah, 10 years ago, teacher training, invested, double down, triple down. Every time new staff come in, we get them trained. Uh, in how to go about building these positive school cultures. And that's kind of the way we just have been uh, to the benefit of, of many. So that said, we test this every year. That's why I'm so adamant about people taking a five essentials survey because our students take it too. Our students from fourth grade up take the survey and they tell us what they think about the supportive environment year in and year out at Gower School District. And I love that. I love the fact that fourth graders, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders get to say, my teacher believes in me, strongly agree, strongly disagree, or somewhere in between. Whereas that, what does that look like across hundreds and hundreds of kids? And that's how, and we respond to that, right? We, we want to make sure that that is at the highest level we can get it. So yeah, that's capturing kids' hearts. I know it's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> so. oh, thank you. Is, is the uh, development of the Gower families at West, is that sort of part of... Um, that, that continuing of, of building community and things. I mean, I that know that's happened over the past few months and I know my, my kids have really responded so positively to that. Um, and it's such an exciting opportunity for them to intermix with, with um, you know, all the grade levels over at West and, and be exposed to a, a different staff person. And um, it, it's, I have nothing but positive things to say great, about it. Great, great to hear. Yeah, thank you for for that feedback. And and I know any staff from from West and and certainly Middle that hear that would 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 be happy to hear it. Um, 
at Gower Middle, we we have houses, and you'll you'll come to to learn about that. It'll feel a lot like the family piece. But the houses came uh, this year, and, and the Gower families at at Gower West uh, came shortly after. And yes, the idea is to expand on this strong sense of community within the school. Right, like so, the teachers just do so much, and this one it, to say it as simply as possible is like this is us. This is us working uh, smarter instead of harder. It, it's making some natural connections that would be there if we had the space to to let them and encourage them to happen. So this is just a real creative way and approach that the staff at Gower West got behind, and. And I'm proud of them for it because this could easily have been something to say, hey, we're going to think about this. We'll pilot this. We'll committee this. We'll analyze this. And, you know, a year goes by and then do we still have the same effort behind it? And this was like, you know what? This sounds like something we could benefit from and our students will benefit from in so many ways. Let's go. And and the fact that they know the school well enough and, and the needs of, of students and families and, and, and knew the support would be there. You know, that, that's a testament to, to the leadership of Gower West, and, and I'd say the same for Gower Middle for the, the houses. But yes, uh, directly, it's an expanding or an expansion of that community building effort across grade levels, uh, between students, creating new spaces that weren't there before. And as much as you know, you're getting positive feedback, I mean, it, those days and those, those activities, they're, they're amazing. I mean, they have a bit of a an assembly feel to them, like there's the excitement in the halls uh, and in the classrooms, the buzz is positive, refreshing. Uh, and it's just it's it's a it's it's a it's a tall order and it's a lot of work. But, yeah, it's showing some pretty good uh, early positive returns. And uh, yeah, we're happy for it. Great. Um, so on, on the topic of, of community, um, I think one of the one of the the strengths of the Gower community is is really um, our diversity and um, our our difference in in cultures and, and traditions and perspectives. Um, I'm wondering how does how does Gower approach that? Um, you know, em embracing people's differences, um, but also making sure that um, making sure that the schools are um, you know maintaining state standards, maintaining um, the different obligations within within the the state school system. Yeah, sure that's a it's a that's a big question, you know and it's it, it's probably you know pre 2019, I think it's an easy question, right It's like, Yep, we recognize our diversity, strength and diversity, you know, it's great. We're super responsive to it. And as far as curriculum, you know, we have our committees. We're very transparent about what we do. Uh, we take parent input and everything's published. And, you know, we, we, we go about our business and people are happy with the results. And, you know, it's a probably pretty much that's the easier answer then. Uh, the times are a little bit more turbulent now in and around public schools and public school communities. And, you know, Gower School is is no stranger to that. I mean, there's there's a history here with some challenges over time. Some of them were, you know, things that other communities will never deal with or have to have dealt with, like you know, um, toxic air and things of this nature, right? Like that bring up again windshields. Looking forward, 
But I'm a big believer, and I know I've laid out some quotes tonight, but another one that means a lot to me is calm seas don't make good sailors. And, um, you know, so tough times, you know, I, I don't think it it builds character. I actually think it reveals character. And I think that's true for individuals. I, I strongly believe that. I, I think it's true for groups of people. And I think it's true for organizations. And, and therefore, I, I would roll it up and scale it all the way up to, I think it's true for communities. So, so when there's some turbulent times, yeah, it's tough. It's frustrating. Uh, people are on different sides of issues. But you, you move forward, you get to a new place. And I think those spaces and those 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 involved are are better off for it. But it does reveal the character of, of a community. And 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 Gower has been so strong um, throughout these challenges. And and I think that what we try to do, I tell the staff every year, um, and and this is I realize being recorded and it'll be out there, so it'll lose the thunder next year when you know new staff come on, but. I kind of quiz them and say, what's our largest department? Um, and they're like, department? What do you mean? Like substitutes or, you know, lunchroom staff, custodial staff, bus drivers? And I'm like, no, yeah, something like that. Like, what's our biggest department? Special education department? Like, I don't know. And uh, I say it's our communication department. We don't have a director of communication, uh, but our communication department is our largest by far because everybody on staff is part of our communication department. They, they all represent Gower School District in so many ways. We have a lot of staff that are here that are residents of the community. So what we say and do and how we act and behave and all the rest, it, it, it says a lot about who we are. And we've been we've been steady and stable. Like, you, you know what Gower's about. I would hope, like, if, if you're here for a little while, you start to get a sense of, like, this is what Gower's about. Like, they take this relationship stuff, you know, really serious, and, and they get the results academically, too. And, and that's a, a, an amazing reputation to have. But with all that... Uh, you know, to those as much as given, right? Much is expected in return. So we we know there's uh, a lot that we benefit from in being in a community that's well-resourced, but we take that and uh, we try to do something with it. So everybody's part of the communication department. So back to this idea of, you know, how do we answer this community piece with the diversity? So we, we, we want to make sure that how we're culturally responsive shows this is a diverse community. You know, the diversity gets talked about in so many different ways. You know, it gets talked about uh, racially, and yeah, we're racially diverse, but also get, it doesn't get talked about enough sometimes religiously. We're religiously diverse. We're politically diverse. We're economically diverse. You know, like, so what we believe, right, our values, families, that there's diversity there too. So, so Gower is true in the sense of, of, of diversity. And I think coming up, that's another plug for this coming up Friday, but well, by the time this comes out, it'll be last Friday. I hope that we'll have a packed house for multicultural night. But that's just a, I'm sure we will, but that's another event to just show the the identity that we have. But it's it's starting with that, right? It's it's calling it out. The beginning of your question is, we're so diverse and it's strong, I agree. But it's also about how do we respect that fine line between all these different ideas and values while we still have to meet all these obligations that people might not be so comfortable with, depending on the cultural diversity and whatnot. And, and I understand it. So when I started the answer, I said, hey, three, four years ago, easier. Now with more turbulence, politically, socially, right? Like I, I've i been, this is my 26th year in education and I, I don't spend a lot of time watching news. You know, I get my news, but I don't spend a lot of time watching news. But, but you know, you, you dip in now and then and, and you, you start to see headlines that are like, yeah, public school this, public school then. And, and it's like, I, I, I can't recall a time I, I'm... I think probably the 
the most recent in modern history would probably have been like civil rights about all this like sides on the educational issue of something. It would have been like literally integration of schools racially is probably the most like, you know, profound issue that was being debated at our times. And now it's like, seems that it's about things like curriculum and that's, that's okay. Right. It's just, so when I, when I hear that and I hear this question about how do what's the fine line, like, I think it's a real firm line in the sense that we are a diverse community and we are a culturally responsive community. There's a difference between being tolerant and being responsive. So this isn't just like, oh, it's fun. We're a diverse community. Great for everyone. It's like, how do we get better because of this diversity and these differences in opinions? So we make a point to make this information as public as possible. So because this is this is going out to parents and whatnot, it's a really good opportunity for me to say, you know, we've had questions about curriculum come up over the past. What about these new social uh, social studies standards or social science standards? What about the sex education kind of stuff that's coming out? Like what, what I'm worried, you know, I'm hearing things, I'm seeing things that I saw it on social media or I heard on the news and my neighbor said this, like, I, I, I totally, totally understand that as a parent. Um, so, so what's the answer? The answer is we have to be really clear coming back to the idea of our communication department being number one is that we have to get this information out to people of what it is that we do. All right. So like, so for instance, at the January board meeting, we talked about social study standards that have changed over time and how we've implemented them, how specific units are mandated and how they get implemented. And, and, and people read that and see that and, and come across and go, okay, you know, it makes sense. And it's, it's really not all, all, um, all that serious of an issue anymore. Now that I understand a little bit more, but something like sex, sex education, so to speak, that, that, that gets a different kind of attention. So where is that? Well, we were answering that question so often, we put it on our, we made a webpage for it. So what I would direct parents to do while they're listening here, but like the idea is gower62.com. And then on either of our school pages, there's a tab for parent info, drag down parent info, and you'll see a separate tab there for curriculum instruction and assessment. That's where we put that information. And in fact, added information about all these instructional mandates. What are schools mandated to do? It's probably beyond the scope of this specific, you know, podcast. But if you if you click there, you will see actually the list of items that are required and where they are. So in what grade levels and whatnot. And, and they are highly specific, um, you know, off the top of my head, thinking of some of these things. It's like it, it, particular units about U.S. history that that are to be included. Right. Black history, women's history, contributions from different groups, ethnic groups, religious groups, so on. These, these, these are all parts of what gets put into these units over time at an age-appropriate level. So you know, I encourage parents to just know the information firsthand, and I think that is just so, so valuable. I think back, I graduated high school a long time ago, but on my class ring, I have my basketball number on one side, and I have the phrase, knowledge is power, on the other side. And I think that applies here. I think it's just having the information is really, really important. Uh, but but the other thing to say specifically, if all this sounds kind of like just a lot of words, the other part that I want parents to hear clearly from, from me as superintendent is that when we get into the idea of a sex education curriculum, and we do have a sex education curriculum in Gower School District that plays out across all these grade levels, and we're, we're specific about what happens at every grade level, what parents need to hear is the moment they shut off and go, oh, sex education, forget it. Totally respect the opinion. 
But I, what I want them to hear is there's always been and still is and will be, as far as I can see into the future, an opt-out for parents. So I think that's just really important for people to understand. I, I, I understand that there's, you know, clickbait type articles and headlines that get a lot of attention and a lot of talk. I mean, that's that's what they're designed to do. I, I, I get all that. But that doesn't mean that there's that it's not part of our reality. So having the information is just critical. We knew this a couple of years back as questions came in. You could kind of see this coming and whatnot. So we just took the time to, to build a page out that's very much informational. Um, if a parent calls and asks or emails, we, we direct them there first and say, you know, I'm happy to answer your questions. But if you wouldn't mind, take a look there and, and see if it helps answer your questions. So, you know, anyone listening to this, if they go there and they have those questions still, any feedback on that is always helpful to us as administrators. Like, hey, this is this works for me. This was helpful. I gave it to my neighbor. I, I passed it along to this uh, Facebook group or what, you know, whatever. That would be super helpful. And if there's something missing that would be more helpful, hey, you know, this is this is about progress, not perfection. So let us know. Well, great. Thank you. Was there, um, we covered quite, quite a bit, quite, quite a range this evening. Um, was there anything that, um, that we, we did not talk about or a question that wasn't, wasn't asked that you think um, regarding um, the safety of students, was there, do you feel like anything, um, did you want to share anything else? Was sure. There anything yeah, no, I appreciate it. I know we have a little bit of time left. I mean, it's just like, you know, and I can get wordy in my answer. So I'm surprised we're not already over uh, budgeted on time. But I, I'll tell you, you know, when I when I heard about this topic and, and saw it come back again, I want to keep something in mind here. Like the, the, the foundation saw the opportunity to provide information to more families and community members in Gower by uh, hosting these podcasts. And, and, and they went out with a plan to say, let's ask families what they want to hear about. And they came back with these different episodes and whatnot. And I think that's fantastic. It's like, this is what people wanted to know about. So when I saw the one about mental and physical safety, like, what does that look like in Gower? I, this one, they're all very personal to me. This one, as I shared a little bit about my, my, my history, like that is it, it, super personal, not just because of me and the experience that I've had in my experiences in Chicago public schools, which could be its own separate podcast hours long, but being, being a father, right. And, and having my children, my, I grew up, you know, rough and tumble and different experiences in, in high school and grade school and whatnot. I, I never had to hide under a desk because of a lockdown drill, whether, or I'm sorry, a lockdown, a drill is one thing, a drill could last in an instant. And we make sure that's very quick. Our, our doors are locked and we're good to go. Police are here to watch us do that. And it's over in a matter of seconds. So we, we've got that done with, with children's overall well-being in mind. But I'm talking about real life. Hey, there's a concern and children are hiding under a desk because of some, some threat of violence. I, I didn't go that way. I didn't grow up that way. Mine was, you know, hey, there's sirens. Put this book over your head. Go in the hallway. You know, things will be okay. Um, that's not what we've got any longer. And it's, 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 it's tragic, uh, honestly. So I think about my experience of raising children, uh, guiding children. I've gone from caregiver to correctional officer as a parent, and now I'm in the coach and, and, and consultant mode of my children are much older. But that being said, I've had to watch them go through that. And, and I know some of the traumatic experience they had. And, and someone could say, hey, well, there really wasn't a gun and it really wasn't an issue. Well, that's true. But in the code red world of you hiding, you didn't know that. 
Uh, and that's that's not OK. So I'm glad that we had a chance to talk a little bit about mental uh, health and safety there. But I, I think that, again, I started this from the beginning. Children are not going to we say children at their best. That's our motto. Right. We can have all these fancy terms and long strategic plans and books full and binders full of what we think we're going to do. But the motto is children at their best. So what that looks like happens every single day. You go home as a child, your parents are there to ask you, a parent or whoever to ask, how did they go? How did this day go? And so on. Just those responses are really, really important. We want to get those right time and time again, hundreds of times, right? 170 something times a year repeated for every year they're here. So it's a lot of pressure. And it it comes with this mindset of in order for them to thrive, they have to feel safe. I know that's simple, but it is just so true, right? Like there's there's theory out there about this. You might have heard of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I'm sure as a social worker, you know that really, really well. There's another T-shirt idea. Impact over intent is on the front. Maslow before everybody would be on the back. If, if you can't get that part right with kids feeling safe, forget it. If they're not safe and feeling safe, the rest is going to be really difficult to get to if you ever can. So that's what I will close with. Well, well, thank you so much for, um, I, I know I, I learned a lot this evening. Um, I really appreciate you not only, you know, giving us information about, about what's happening at Gowers, but also um, sharing some of those personal stories too. Um, I, I, I'm so grateful for um, your commitment to Gower and our, our children and their safety. And um, I'm, I'm grateful to, to all the Gower staff for um, always ensuring um, our, our kids are safe and are, are thriving. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be part of the, the Gower community as well. And um, I'm uh, again, just grateful that you're, you're, um, taking on the, the 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 challenge of these podcasts to continue to 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 build and foster those relationships and and keep getting the information out um, about all the the wonderful things that Gower is doing. So thank you and um, yeah, take care. All right, thanks. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Help me spread the word that when we talk about teachers, it's with a capital T. You know, I love I love for people to recognize it that way. None of what we do happens without our amazing staff and our very, very supportive community. So from the Gower Foundation to put these podcasts together to anybody listening and thinking about it and giving feedback, really, really appreciate it. Glad to do it. Looking forward to the next one. Thanks.